Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's the Garnet Trust Hour on your home of the game, Cox. 107.5 The Game. And welcome into the Garnet Trust Hour here on 107.5 The Game. Tyler Head, Wes Mitchell, Chris Clark along with you on this Thursday morning. Today's special guest from the South Carolina football team, long snapper Hunter Rogers joining us for today's show. And I got to say, guys, I think he definitely wins best outfit for Garnet Trust Hour coming in here with the limbo ball T-shirt on. Yeah, Hunter, welcome in, man. Uh, we're happy to have you. Yeah, that's that's the first thing I noticed when I walked in was Pete Limbo's smiling face on Hunter's chest over there, man. Um, I, I guess what was the catalyst for getting the limbo shirt there, man? You just saw him online and had to have one, or? Um, yeah, pr- probably. Um, let's see. I definitely got it for Christmas from my mom, so that's a cool thing. But <laughs> I did give her an idea to give it to me because I just thought it was really funny. And, I mean, why not shout him out? So that's why I'm wearing it today. <laughs> yeah, great shirt. Um, we are Pete Limbo stands on this show, so anytime we can shout out Pete Limbo, we're going to do that. But I, I can't remember which player we talked about this, or maybe it was on uh, the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. We decided if Pete Limbo was not a coach, what does it look like he did for a living? Did we decide on, like, high school science teacher or history, history. teacher? History teacher. History teacher. Hmm, I, could, I could see that, but I would say accounting. I think he'd be working okay. in accounting. So. That's good. But he talks about history all the time, so I felt like that was like a natural. Yeah, you're right. Like, about th- that. like I think about, about that. think about when you're at Spring Valley. Like, if you walked in, and there was Pete Limbo, Mr. Limbo, you would be like, and he just started t- like he was a social studies teacher. Like that's super. That's could, it. Yeah, I could see that, and I could see definitely him just accounting like being like, oh, we got practice at four o'clock later. I'll see y'all there. <laughs> um, be ready to snap, punt, kick balls all day. And let's just get to work. So he would be he would be Coach Limbo, high school like coach, but also social studies teacher. Yeah, he's missed his calling. I mean, he's, I think he's doing pretty well. He's doing fine, but Chris. I feel like I feel no. He needs to, but he needs to be able to add like the history teaching element to it. Do, do y'all think that Limbo is in any? There's any chance he's listening to your um, you being on air right now or no? Um, probably not. No. <laughs> He's probably up in like Pennsylvania eating some, some uh, breakfast somewhere. <laughs> doing doing some recruiting, more than likely, I yeah. would think. Um, well, yeah. So, I don't know. We got so many things to get to. We're gonna be thinking about your favorite limbo story. I'm not gonna put you on the spot right now. All Just right. be thinking about it for later. <laughs> um, we'll, we'll hit that later on. But I uh, I do want to talk about what it's like with someone like Limbo who is so detail-oriented on a day-to-day basis. And have you had coaches in the past that are similar to Coach Limbo, or has it kind of just been a new experience from the beginning? This is definitely a new experience. Um, 
in high school, I mean, we weren't nowhere close to that de- detail-oriented. Um, when I got to college, we kind of just relaxed for the mo- most part, but when it was time to go, it was time to go. And then when Limbo came in, it was like a whole new ball game. I mean, we're meeting a lot more than we used to, and we're learning more than just what it takes for me to snap a ball or Mitch to kick a ball, putt guy to punt a ball. It's it's I I can teach every single position on special teams because he wants us to be able to lead the group when we're out there because these offensive and defensive players are just out there as like a secondary position because they're busy learning a full playbook. But our playbook is the special teams playbooks, and it, it varies week by week. But for the most part, we just got to we gotta be able to help guys that do not know what they're doing when it comes to a certain play on the field. So it is very detail-oriented, but it's enough to where we can learn and help others. You, one of the things that we always talk about is how, like, integrated everything is. So, like, you mentioned, like, second position. So, like, what y'all do at special teams really seems to be able to carry over, right, to defense, to offense. Can you talk about what you've seen as far as that philosophy that Beamer and Coach Limbo have where everything kind of integrates and carries over? I think for the most part of, like, the integration part is the the drills and practice that are done by Coach Limbo with special teams also relate to blocking out outside as a wide receiver or blocking as a tight end, just staying, like, as in coming downhill, making a tackle, like front-up tackle, uh, as a safety, like all these drills that we do in practice always correlate to what you see from the offensive and de- defensive positions. So that's like a really good part about how he's teaching. And it gives the guys a chance to want to learn because they know it also will help them on their primary position. So, yep. I, I want to kind of get into uh... – almost the art and technique of snapping and kind of kind of how you got into it because I feel like that's one of those positions where it's really taken for granted by most fans. Like, fans aren't sitting there thinking about, oh, I hope this snap is going to be accurate. Mm-hmm. You know, if you play a football video game, you press a button and the snap is automatic. You don't have to do anything to make the snap happen and be accurate and stuff like that. But you, every single time you're out there, have to make a near-perfect snap. So, first of all, how did you how did you get into snapping? Like, was this a – I imagine you didn't maybe ask for it. Maybe you did. How, how did it sort of play out from the very beginning? How long have you been snapping? Um, I, I was probably like 11, 12, playing football in the backyard. We would always have our friends over and play. And I remember just one t- – a couple times I would just snap it, like – just joking around to my brothers. And I was like, dang, I'm pretty good at this. <laughs> like, as a young kid, I'm just like, wow, I'm kind of good. But never did I think I was going to, like, play football. So I was like, uh, whatever. I was, that's pretty cool. And then I get to 10th uh, grade, and I tried out for football to, like, get stronger, like, lift more weights and just, like, prepare my body for more, like, baseball during the springtime. And uh, Coach Bacon over at Spring Valley wanted – me to try out for long snapper and I was like oh. I remember like back in the backyard I was pretty good so uh I ended up trying out and he's like wow that's actually really good and uh 
I kind of just like did it as a joke throughout high school until like November of my senior year, and like November in high school football mm-hmm. is like week like the end of the yeah. season. <laughs> yeah. So I'm just like, uh, there's no way of me getting to college now. So he ended up um, making some phone calls after I told him like if I do play football in college, like I, w- I want to go to South Carolina. So he was like, all right, well I'll call the coaches and get you like a special like on special teams. I was like, all right. But like at this point I still don't know anything about long snapping. Like kind of just teaching myself like through YouTube videos and everything. Uh-huh. So as soon as I got to college, I kind of just like it's kind of a feel thing almost. So um what else? I I don't I would say I taught myself majority of like how to snap and it's when I get to like a game, for example, I know from practice to a game, I have to aim differently because you're so amped up during a game that you have to like kind of aim like differently. I don't, mm-hmm. it's, t- it's too complicated to explain. Like, take me like 10 minutes to explain that. <laughs> but uh, since your body's so amped up, you have to like slow everything down. And uh, throughout the game, it's, it's just a feel thing and trying to be perfect with everything. So it's like your adrenaline has you just so amped up, you almost have to dial it back and control that a little yeah. bit in a game scenario. Yes. One of the biggest things for me is, like, after we score, if you look at me, I don't celebrate. I just, like, all right, it's now it's my turn. And then right after we finish the extra point is when all of us, like, celebrate because you can't, like, so Like, that kickoff return, Xavier Liggett, yeah. that whole stadium's rocking. Like, I've never... I've been in a game since I was, since I can remember, and the floor, like, the grass was shaking. And I'm just <laughs> like, I just got to keep my heart rate down because I got to calm my breath. Like, my breathing is, like, the most important part. So after that, that's when we were just, all just went crazy after that extra point. But, um, like, the touchdown in the bowl game, that was the hardest snap of my life. And I did, I did pretty well on it, but it was kind of kind of shaky snap but <laughs> that is uh, weird i didn't think about that like you score and then you have to go snap the ball yeah. like right after that yep and i was like that was, i was so amped up after that and my heart was racing i don't know how i i should have snapped it over his head if like <laughs> like if i had one, like that was like one out of ten good snaps and that was the one snap that was good because if you give me that snap again i'm probably ugh. is that um i want to talk about that play and just special teams we have a lot of special teams like questions we want to geek out on for sure but is that harder for you like you came here right it's always exciting for any player who's on a team to score a touchdown and then like as a specialist you have to calm yourself down and go do your job but like for you I feel like it's different you grew up going to games this was like your dream like where you wanted to go if you played football so is it even harder for you to like calm yourself down because it's almost like you're a player and a fan at the same time yeah uh it was definitely pretty hard to like calm myself down because i think one of the i didn't really realize i scored until like four hours after the game because i was just so like i guess happy but um it kind of just brought me back to like playing like football like whenever it was like a noon kick i'd wake up at like eight o'clock as like an eight-year-old Go play sandstorm in the front yard, like in the front yard, blaring on speakers, like acting like I'm scoring touchdowns. <laughs> and then now, like looking back, I'm like, dang, I just like actually did that. <laughs> but yeah, it was it's it's it was definitely like played a factor in like how amped up I was. 
but I mean, I controlled myself for the most part. <laughs> so, so you're you're literally like living the dream yeah. of thousands of Gamecock fans <laughs> who have grown up dreaming yep. of scoring a touchdown or playing in that stadium or beat running out in 2001. I'm sure the first time you did that was an incredible experience. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to talk a little bit more about the touchdown. So how w- when y'all draw up a trick play without like getting into stuff that's going to get you in trouble with <laughs> Coach Limbo, how like how many times are y'all practicing that? Like, is that something y'all had worked on in this case, like all season long? You just hadn't run it yet. I know you hear stories about mm-hmm. coaches talking about, you know, oh, we've had this trick play in our back pocket. We just haven't. We just didn't get to it. It, ne- it never popped up. Yeah. Or was it more like, okay, this is something we're putting in for the bowl game? Um, how, how did it sort of come about? Did you did you know that was going to get called on that uh, day, basically? So we put it in, and halfway through, like, Beamer's first season. Oh, okay. And, like, so it's kind of a mix of what you were talking about. Like, it was in their back pocket, but at the same time, we had that in for, like, a year and a half. Practiced it about, like, 20 25 times mm-hmm. throughout that year and a half. And one time did I get that ball during the – every time I practiced. Because I was just like a dummy on that play. Like, theoretically, if you look at it, I mean, Tonka Hemmings way, Tim, Tonka's going right down the middle, and that's supposed to be like a little pop pass to him. So it wasn't supposed to go to you? No. <laughs> it, so this – yeah, so the way it kind of went down without, like, explaining too much – is we scored that first touchdown, made it seven nothing, I think seven nothing, and uh, we go to kick the extra point, and Tonka's the wing, so they're like, watch the fake, watch the fake, like linebackers in my ear, like Tonka, like it's going to ninety one, it's going to ninety one, like, like watch him, and I'm like, oh okay, so I kind of like, I was like, oh okay, so I snap it, go back to the um, the sideline, like five minutes later, I walk up to Beamer, I'm like, hey. I know y'all want to run this play. If you if you want to run it, like, tell Kai just to look outside because they're just going to be covering Tonka. And he was like, all right, let's get you a touchdown. <laughs> and like me, I'm like, what? No way. So um, we ended up, I ran up to B- Limbo after that, and I was like, hey, i just let you know, like I told Beamer this. And then he's like, all right, sweet. And then like 10 minutes later, that next drive, he's like, run it. And I'm like, what? Like, I'm, like, shaking now in a lineup. They had one guy over top of me and Mitch. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, gosh. And Mitch is like, dude, we're really running this. <laughs> like, in my ear, he's like, no way. We're about to do this right now. And uh, as soon as, like, snap it and everything, take off, it worked perfectly just like how we all thought it would. Because I remember I was like, I was like, there's no way, like, I actually scored. Because, like, Coach, Lo- Coach Beamer was like, let's get you a touchdown. I was like, ah, no. Like, just joking around. But when it actually happened, I was like, wow. So, yeah. He, when, he, called, he called his own number is what we're yeah, like, you, yeah, you, you called your own number. I, and I, then, I take part in calling that play. Yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> hey, when you uh, – we got to hit a break really soon. But one more question before we do about that play, but a little bit more general. So, when y'all, y'all obviously call fakes – and have more muddle huddles than probably any team in the country. Definitely muddle huddles. Y'all have more of them than any team, but y'all call a lot of fakes. Whether it's sideline demeanor of the coaches or even the players, how do y'all not, like, give away to the other team? Because I remember Urban Meyer said that 
he would always watch the special teams coach on the other team, and sometimes they could get clues. Mm-hmm. Limbo's pretty even kill, but like, how do y'all not give that away? Uh, being quick about it. Yep. And I mean, if you watch us, no matter what, like for punt stuff too, we're always meeting on the sidelines. So even if it's like a regular play, we're still meeting on the sideline. And so when that fake is called, it's almost identical. Yep. To, um with a normal play almost. All right, we're going to run into our first timeout, continue our conversation. On the other side, Gamecocks long snapper Hunter Rogers here on the Garnet Trust Hour on 107 by the game. It's the Garnet Trust Hour on your home of the Gamecocks. 107 by the game. And welcome back into the Garnet Trust Hour here on 107 by the game. Tyler West and Chris along with you. Today's special guest, Gamecocks long snapper Hunter Rogers. In that last segment before the commercial break, we obviously talked about the touchdown, which, of course, is the probably your favorite memory of yeah. being a Gamecock so far. But you talked about growing up a big Gamecock fan. What was kind of the moment of realization for you? Like, wow, I'm really here. I'm really playing for the University <laughs> of South Carolina. Um, definitely freshman year, um, the COVID year, even though there wasn't that many people in the stands. That first run out of the tunnel to 2001 um, definitely left some tears in my eyes. Just all that stuff, like all the things I went through as a kid, just listening to Sandstorm, watching the games, even like with baseball, like winning those back-to-back national championships, like just being that big of a fan and then finding, finding my way onto the team in some sort of role and getting to do that, that was definitely special. But that was definitely my – that's when I came to the realization that, I'm wow, I'm really here. What was your favorite game as a kid or memory? You have one that sticks out or a few? Oh, I've got one. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> the Outback Bowl, we – I went with my grandparents and my older brother and my cousin Kelly. We went to – we sat right below the pirate ship in handicap seats, so we were like, we we had golden seats. Yeah. Nobody's like really around us. We're just like right there up on the concourse, and they make that bad call. And Jadavion Clowney <laughs> just, I mean, you could see it perfectly clear. And then made the hit and everything. And DJ Swanger goes running down towards <laughs> our end zone, turns around and like crosses his arms at him. And you can see in the video, like in the TV broadcast, like Jadavion like points and like crosses his arm back at somebody. We watched that whole interaction go now that was like the coolest thing ever hunter you uh you've done pretty well for yourself since arriving at south carolina man have you have you read your bio before <laughs> have you looked at your official bio on gamecocks online i read it like five months ago well okay so <laughs> we're gonna share with the class here fourth year long snapper who handles both long and short snapping assignments returning all sec performer tremendous athlete and student Won the starting job by being persistent and consistent, excellent in punt coverage. So, yes. Steve Fink did you right on this yeah. thing, I feel like. Uh, but tremendous athlete. So, you were telling us about baseball as well. You've, you've casually mentioned baseball, I think, four times since we've come <laughs> on. So, was that also kind of a first love sport for you? Yeah, that was – yeah, be- that was definitely my first love. Um, and then when I COVID year came, COVID killed our season, senior season. 
that was definitely hard to go through, especially growing up playing baseball my whole entire yeah. life. And then I knew that was my last season. And to have it end, thankfully it was in the Fireflies Stadium because that was kind of cool to, like, that's my last game ever Yeah, being played there. But um, baseball was definitely my first love, and I, I would say I was pretty good at it. I mean, I would have been able to go to college for it, so nowhere big time, but definitely loved it that much to want to go to college for it. So what uh tell us about your skill set. What position did you play? What were your what were your strengths and weaknesses on the diamond? Um during high school I started as a freshman playing shortstop. Mm -hmm. And then I moved over to third base sophomore year. And then I also pitched and played catcher and all that stuff. And then I would say my strength was like my arm, like how hard I could throw and stuff. Some of my weak uh, weakness. Let's think about my weakness for a second. Uh, <laughs> well, you don't have any. Just no scouting have. report. Yeah, maybe hey, I we, didn't we, have we can't go back and verify any of this stuff for your yeah, high school right. baseball you're career. The best so no baseball player in Spring Valley <laughs> history. I I'm a little disappointed in myself. I was trying to size him up and guess what position. Yeah. Um, I for some reason I was going to say a center fielder, but I I do feel like your athletes always end up either in center field. Or at shortstop. Yeah, so in that's college, kinda... I was going to play outfielder pitch. Okay. Now, what colleges showed interest in you from a baseball standpoint? Um, all the JUCOs around, and then College of Charleston. Um, I think North Greenville and Upstate, maybe. That's hard. I mean, Winthrop did. I know that. No, nowhere like big time, big time. But Landon Powell's got North Greenville. Yeah. Rolling, yeah. and that was when. Charleston, is that when, um, was Monty there at that time? Um, Holbrook was there. Holbrook was there. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I played some. Yeah, it was a little bit later, yeah. Son, so. we, That's we right. We had like 21 D1 guys on us. Like, we were loaded. What could you run it up to as a pitcher? You mentioned your arm strength. Um, probably like 88, 89, around there. But right now, like, if you gave me a solid two weeks to practice, I feel like I'd get up to like 92. Like, I've got like videos. Jack Mahoney was my roommate last year. And we went to the field one time, and I hadn't thrown a baseball in about a year, and I launched one from home plate into, like, the stands in left field at Founders, so that's pretty cool. Well, hey, they've had a couple of pitchers get injured. <laughs> they could use another one. I might be a little wild. I don't know. That's all right. I, I can do that. Yeah, just take a couple weeks. Yeah. Get yourself ready. I was say, they might need you to play some third base, man. They've had so many injuries uh, during this last stretch. Yeah. I know we were talking off air. Mm -hmm. You're a big Carolina baseball fan as well. Are we? You think they're going to get this thing turned around, man? They've, they've had such a good season. And then the last couple of weeks, they're sort of hitting that little, you know, there's, there's times in baseball where it just feels like nothing goes right for you, and it can humble you, I feel like. But uh, you think they're going to get this thing turned around? I, I do. I think, I mean, I've played with, like, Talmadge and mm -hmm. Evanstone when we were younger, and I do think I've got a lot of faith in those guys. I mean, everybody goes through, like, a rough patch, but let's see how they can overcome these difficulties they're facing right now. And as soon as – I'm hoping when they get those those guys back that they, that they need that they can just turn it around and make a fight in the postseason. Any athlete that we have come on here, we always – inevitably end up talking about if they like baseball we always talk about ethan petrie like we have like an ethan petrie spotlight because he's awesome what do you think of him as a hitter i mean what what's the, what all can you say about that <laughs> <laughs> that, that that's just kind of crazy like 
that Paul Skeens guy can freaking pump it. And that's a veteran guy on the diamond. And you got Ethan Petri walks up there first at bat and just hits a nuke off him. <laughs> I mean, and, and he's a freshman. I mean, he's he reminds me of kind of like a Grayson Griner guy, like his size. Mm. So hopefully he can keep it up. You got pro baseball team, Braves? Yeah, big Braves guy. There you go. All right. We're like all Braves that. people in here, especially yeah. Wes. You, you, had, uh, you had a front row seat to Nate Atkins one-handed grab mm-hmm. not the one against clemson you i guess had a great seat for that one too <laughs> but the one uh in the lsu the baseball, baseball game yeah. can you walk us through that snatch um you just hear a bat <laughs> and you're like wow and then you see nate just like i got this i got it i got it <laughs> he called it and then just one-handed like i don't know what was in his other hand but i think it was his left hand too just straight like dogged it out and just <laughs> caught it i bet it hurt so bad but he was so proud of himself i mean respect to him for that all right more with hunter rogers on the garnet trust hour coming up next here on 107.5 the game what we're talking about on 107.5 the game sponsored by love chevrolet and welcome back into the garnet trust hour here on 107.5 the game Tyler Weston, Chris, along with you today's special guest, Hunter Rogers, the long snapper for the Gamecocks football team. And, you know, you were talking about earlier how difficult it is after a big touchdown, or really any touchdown for that matter, to kind of stay focused on the task at hand of obviously handling the long snap for that extra point. Going back to the Tennessee game, out of those nine touchdowns scored, which one was the hardest to focus on the extra point after? That's a tough question. Probably the last one. Because at that point in the game, you're like, dang, we just, like, we know we won. <laughs> and you see all, like, the students, are they're already freaking halfway down the the stands, ready to go, like, jump on the field. So I remember, I mean, we were just all amped up right there, but uh, that was probably the hardest one right there for sure. What was the loudest moment this season? Was it the A&M? Xavier Leggett kickoff return, or was it something in the Tennessee game or other? Uh, hmm. Definitely the kickoff return. Yeah, that was pretty. I mean, that, that's the loudest I've heard that stadium since maybe, I mean, Alabama back in 2019. I was legit the top row. Like, I was in the top row, um, I guess, uh, the side across from the student section where that TV box is up yep. there. Mm-hmm. Like, I was legit right under that guy. I was last row. And I remember when Parker ran that fake field goal, the whole stadium started shaking. <laughs> that was pretty cool. But, yeah, I mean, that was the kickoff return this year was definitely the loudest. To this day, I say that was not a hold. That was ridiculous. That, that was a oh, terrible yeah. on the Parker touchdown. Yeah, plus you got to give it to him. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah. Give him a break. He's a kicker. Like, <laughs> that was such an awesome moment. They got <laughs> completely deleted from time. It wasn't like it was Hunter Rogers running it. It was yeah. Parker White. It was you know? Parker. And <laughs> Parker's a quick guy, though. Like, no, he is. I was, faster, I was just, faster I was just than he, He's sneaky quick. He's sneaky yeah. fast. There yeah, you he's go. Sneaky <laughs> fast. He's sneaky fast. Faster than he looks. Um, all right, so Hunter's going to think this is a dumb question, but from the rest of us, long snapping versus short snapping. I feel like we probably lump those two things together. Oh, he's a snapper. You know, he's a long snapper. We lump them all together. What is the difference, other than just like, hey, dummy, one's longer than the other, between mm-hmm. snapping for a punt and snapping for a field goal? Uh, like, is there anything as far as the technique 
and the approach that is different, or is it literally just you're aiming a little bit differently? Um, the amount of power you put on the snap, I guess, and um, what else is different about that? Kind of using my arms only for the short snaps, but when it comes to long snaps, you kind of have to incorporate your whole body mm-hmm. to get that ball back there as fast as possible. And, I, yeah, using your arms for short snaps because you're focusing on hitting a, a really, like, certain tar- target. Obviously, on a punt snap, you're trying to hit the target, too. But the target is way broader than a short snap. We we had Parker on for a Garnet Trust interview. This is, I don't know, two years ago, I guess. And he was explaining how there's literally a certain amount of rotations on a snap to mm-hmm. where you want it to rotate that perfect amount to where it makes it easy for your holder to know exactly even what side of the ball they're going to catch. Yep. Um, so how, how many rotations are you kind of aiming for on a snap? Is there literally a specific I think number? From what I've broken down, is like three and a half, mm-hmm. three and a half for the short snaps. And that all goes back to, I think I heard Parker say it on his interview, um, how far back we are. The holder, talk about that. The holders, for us, it's eight yards, which is actually becoming a perfect length for me over because if you look back at the film obviously i wasn't really supposed to start at short snaps last year but i mean when i got brought into it i was kind of rusty or not rusty but not used to snapping in a game so obviously it's going to be different than practice but after getting it down and everything and this spring that's one thing we all us three uh mikai and mitch really worked on was just getting those laces out so our op time can be as efficient as possible. And Mitch has the most, like, even more time to look at the ball and get ready to kick it, I guess. Like, see, vision the kick while it's happening. And with long snapping, you're obviously looking back at your target of where you're snapping it at. And so you're literally facing away from the defender that's right above you. I know you're kind of watching the follow-through to a degree, but how quickly are you usually getting your head back up to then defend after the ball's out of your hand? Um, for me, it's more of a – when I snap it, I have, like, a follow-through. Like, because if I kind of just, like, throw my hands back there and try to go up as quickly as possible, I don't really know where the ball's going. But I just, once I finish my follow-through, I kind of just, like, look up. And they can't, like, line up, over, like, right over top of me. So usually pre-snap, I'll figure out where they are, like, if they're on one side or the other. If they're on both sides, then, like, I better hope my guards are there to help me. But <laughs> sometimes they'll, like, stunt people and come across. But that's kind of like you kind of see that in the week before in film and stuff. And, and that's one of the things I was going to bring up, natural segue. So Wes read off of your Gamecocks online bio that you are really good in coverage. I know it helps that you're, you know, more athletic than a lot of long snappers, but how do you, how did you get so good, for, for lack of a better term, at doing that, um, going down and covering a punt after you snap the ball? Coach Limbo has a lot of good drills for us, like dip and drive off of mm-hmm. linebacker, like middle linebackers and stuff, and I kind of use my speed as an advantage for that. Against Vanderbilt, they were pressing me hard. They were trying to sit off the ball and wait for me to run it to them. But they got me on the first play, and then the next, like, three punts, I completely dusted the kid. (laughs) 
And I turned around after, like, the second one. I was like, you ain't getting me again. Like, you're not getting me. And um, I remember against tennis, like, all of this is, like, technique-based. I'm just kind of, like, dialing in on dipping and driving off of a defender. And against Tennessee, we had that one punt. And I remember they stunned people from across the line back to a middle linebacker's position during the play. So pre-snap, I'm like, oh, I have a free lane, like, straight to the returner. But uh, as soon as I snap and look up, I'm like, wait, there might be a guy coming from my right side. Sure enough, Dippin' drove right off of him, like, helped out with the tackle and everything. So, like, once I get that little edge, I'm just taking off. And, like, you're not going to stop me. So. What, can, what can you put down in a, in a 40? Oh, I don't know. Um, you you can like say a, anything. I ran like can't. a four yeah. six in high school, like at a long snapping camp, and all the long snappers was like, "What the heck?" I know they've tracked you. Okay, so all right, no forty miles per hour. I know they track you on that. Um, in the bowl game, uh, sophomore year, yeah. in the Belk Bowl, I was just kind of being a practice dummy for one of the kickoff things, and I was like, "Yo, put a catapult on my back. I want to see how fast I ran, I can run." So I just like ran straight down the field, hit like. Nineteen point like nine six. That's good, but I I, I can definitely hit twenty. No, that's move. That's still moving. I mean, if, yeah. if you hit nineteen point nine six, we I think you can round up to twenty. Uh, yeah, it's faster. Some than people Chris. don't. Some people don't like <laughs> call that. I, I'm only sneaky fast. So. Yeah, you're sneaky fast. Um, all right. So Clemson game. All right. Big special teams play. We were talking about Nate earlier. He had his one handed catch in that game, mm-hmm. but also had some other big special teams play. Walk us through that last, the ball that he punched out. At the end there on the punt, you, you were also obviously involved in that play, yeah. but give us your vantage point on that. Um, I remember poor Drew Sweeney was trying to guard me. Um, uh, <laughs> it, uh, I remember I got around him on the edge of him and went to go front of the ball, and uh, the returner just took it straight to my right. And I was like, gosh, I hope people are over there to get him. And sure enough, Nate, I mean, it, it happens so fast, like, in the moment um, that, uh, I mean, I, next thing you know, I see a ball come out for a split second, and someone's already on top of it. I'm like, wait, that's Erga. That's Erga. And I didn't know what to do, so I'm just standing there for a solid second, just, like, looking down, like, wow, that really just happened. And uh, um, everybody just started running towards the end zone where the fans were, so I was like... It's the Garnet Trust Hour on your home of the Gamecocks, 107.5 The Game. And welcome back into the Garnet Trust Hour here on 107.5 The Game. Tyler West and Chris, today's special guest, Hunter Rogers, long snapper for the Gamecocks football team, along with us for a few more minutes here. All right, we've waited the entire show. It's time to tell some Pete Limbo stories. What (laughs) is your favorite story of Coach Limbo in your time here? Be be careful here, Hunter. Be very careful. Yeah, I might have to be kind of blunt about this um, <laughs> or plain. Um, I would say kind of just like him. It's not like a story in general, but him just bringing up a lot of like World War One and Two stuff and just all this history. Because we'll be in a meeting like going over some like critical stuff, and next thing you know, I'm in a, a history lesson. <laughs> so I kind of enjoy it sometimes because it gets you a break off the of football. But there's always moments in our meetings where he's teaching us new things that we think we know about the past, but then we quickly learn <laughs> way more than we should have. <laughs> but 
Another thing I like is like in his like lecture slides, he adds like funny pictures to kind of get the team morale better instead of like, oh, this is a boring meeting or, but you kind of like see these funny pictures during our like PowerPoints and it kind of makes you laugh. Some of the stuff he puts on there. Doesn't he put movie titles and movie? Yeah, he'll do like movies of the day and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> like he made Kai. Oh, this is funny. He made Kai uh, go up and talk about a certain movie. And Kai had to, like, talk about why he liked it and everything. Because I think it was, like, based out of Chicago or something. He to do, like, book reports, but, like, <laughs> movie movies. reports. He's like, yeah. Kai, you, sh- you know about this movie, right? You're from Illinois. Kai's <laughs> like, well, he just makes it up. Yeah, Kai's like, I watched it last night because you told me to. <laughs> now, does this homework. Some, when he goes up and does his media availabilities, he typically gives, like, a... Anywhere between like a six to ten minute spiel before he even answers the first question. Does that surprise you at all? No, and I, I watch every single one of those if I can. Um, it is so funny how like long he goes compared to um, like the other like the other coordinators. I, I think it's just a part of his character. I mean, got to give him credit. Like I mean, he's letting everybody know what they want to know. Maybe mm. if that's what y'all want to know, but. For the most part, I mean, he answers the questions well. He's very methodical about everything, too, when he says it. Are y'all, are you, like, worried when you watch the press conferences? Are you like, oh, is he going to say something bad about me? Does um, he think I'm doing okay? Or are you just, it's, it's just entertainment value for Yeah, you? it's more like entertainment. <laughs> me and my roommates just sitting there like, laughing along and stuff. I'm like, that's definitely who he is. Like, he definitely <laughs> talks like that. Just, like, letting them know. Now, you, you told me, this is interesting, so you actually don't have football roommates right yeah you kind of just get yourself out of that but i know your buddies with some of the baseball guys you mentioned jack mahoney your buggy buddies with boogie huntley mm-hmm. got us hung out right yeah oh, i'm getting some time off and then kai obviously you're close with kai and mitch so you guys go and do some golfing right yeah every now and then mm-hmm. so settle the debate who who's oh. the best you can put yourself in there um stone blanton and tanner bailey they have their thing yep. you know where they each, you know, think that they're their best. Who you got? The best golfer, um, it's definitely between Kai and Mitch. I am nowhere close to as good as them. <laughs> I will gladly say that. Um, Mitch played on a high school team where they won several state championships. And Kai started, I think he started playing golf freshman year, and he's just worked really hard at it. And now he's like... I, I think I checked his 18 birdies status yesterday. I think he shot like 15 over, but that's at a course. I don't know if he plays that a lot. It's back in Illinois. Um, but Kai, I've seen Kai shoot like 79. I've seen Mitch. Mitch shot 80 with me the other day. and But Mitch has gone way lower than that. That's Mitch is probably, right now, Mitch would probably stripe it the best. Kai's, Kai's one of those guys, because I know a few of them growing up or even now, he just like is frustrating almost because he's good at everything. Yeah. And he catches on really quick. Yeah, That's yeah, yeah. That's the bad part. Because, I mean, I would go to the range with him and everything. But, I mean, you'd look over and you're like, how did he get that swing, like, dialed so fast? I'm, so, I'm over here struggling to hit it straight sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my, my favorite thing about Kai is that um, he's always keeping his arm warm on the sideline <laughs> yeah. uh, before there's going to be, like, a punt. It's like, let's we're not going to give away a fake <laughs> because he's going to be warm every single time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it, and obviously it's worked because I don't think he has an incomplete pass yep. yet. Um, thanks to Hunter making that great catch at the <laughs> back of the end zone. Although he he put that ball in a dime. That was a yeah, perfect he, throw. He was like, I thought I overthrew you at first. And I'm like, what? Why? It was like perfect throw. <laughs> like 
back shoulder and everything. He forgot your speed. Like, led me and everything, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a great throw. I did, I did have to, like, run a little harder. But. Guys, I, I just thought about this. We haven't asked him the most important question, yeah. who his starting five would be. Oh, um, yeah. Do you play basketball? Um, I played church league basketball right there. <laughs> there are, you, you are you good? Um, no, I can jump pretty high and block some shots, but besides that. He, he could coach. I'll, I'll be like the assistant coach. I won't. I don't know how like schematics of that, but you'll be the team motivator. Yeah. The point is, you're not putting yourself in a starting five. No, I would put probably Trey Knox. I mean, I I hope he's good at basketball. I haven't seen him play basketball yet, but he's just a big guy. Yeah. And, but I've I've heard Tonka's pretty good. Um, yes. Who else? Who can jump? Um. Maybe Xavier Leggett. Um, back when Parker was here, I'd put Parker in there. Really? Okay. Parker, Parker can like windmill and like do some crazy dunks. I've seen remember. video of yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He told us that. And yeah. then, who would I put on the bench? <laughs> There's got to be like a funny guy that just deserves to be on the bench. Boogie would probably be on the top five. I mean, yeah, he, starting five. He has he has his team. It's okay. like all D tackles. Yeah. Scary, very scary team. Well, all the guys put their position groups. Like, yeah, Boogie yeah. has a a point guard that's like two eighty, I think. <laughs> and then, yeah. You know, Spencer has a bunch of skill guys. It's, yeah, it's kind of Spencer's nice. You seen his highlight tape from basketball? Oh yeah, I've seen it. Yeah, I think I watched that in like tenth grade. <laughs> like, wow, Pretty. I mean, you you wouldn't like really expect it. Yeah, I mean, he's got to it. To be honest, Chris insulted him by saying he was a pass first. <laughs> Point he did guard. not like that. <laughs> I think like, the whole quarterback mentality. Well, if you turn in, in my defense, you turn on his tape, and like the first several plays are him dishing like these yeah. dimes. So I was like, oh, pass first, quarterback. He's like, no, nah, I'm score first. <laughs> okay, sorry. Yeah. All right, my we uh, we also always ask uh, final meal. Like, so if you could have this is the one meal that you could have out of any other. Mm. What are what are we throwing out there? Um, probably like a fat steak, like nicely cooked, just like, you know how you go to halls and it's like, it's really round and like tall, yeah. like one of those with some butter on top, like just melting perfectly. And then I'd probably get like a baked potato on the side with some, maybe some fries and then doubling up on the starch. Oh wow. Nice. Lots of carbs. Yeah. yeah. Starchy. I don't. I don't like vegetables that much. <laughs> hey, a lot of people get on me. I'm potatoes are a vegetable. That counts. Well, like the greens. Sorry, <laughs> yeah. greens, not vegetables. But yeah, greens. potatoes don't count. I, yeah, I, I wouldn't be like, yeah, I want to put asparagus on the side. <laughs> no, that's not me. Maybe I'll, I'll take some fruit on the side if you need to give me fruit or something. <laughs> that's your meal. You can have yeah. no yeah, mac and cheese. I would the Hall's mac and cheese. I would love that. Yeah. Um, but let's think about a drink. I I just take a Coke. <laughs> okay. To go. keep it nothing wrong rated, with that rated well. I like how you thought about a drink. Most people just focus on the food, and and Hunter's like, no, you got to have a good drink. Yeah. Then fine meal. I think that's a perfect way to wrap up this conversation for today's edition of the Garnet Trust Hour. Hunter, thank you so much for joining us, and uh, good luck this season. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me on. All right, coming up next, the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour, presented by Firehouse Subs on 107.5 The Game.